0: 자 I was now blessed. (laughs) Sometimes I I feel like I want to take a screenshot of what's happening inside of me, (laughs) that I can remember it. And it's probably the way Revelation works, that it touches on so many areas of your life. And I think as we consider Jesus... um, It's is really a fountain that keeps on and continues. So, thanks to the music team that have lead us into that. But um, yeah, where do I start? Well, the title of this morning's message is uh, "Christmas Christ in Our Mess." Christmas Christ in Our Mess. Um, Most of you know I've got three boys. And so raising three boys, I've had to come to terms with a number of things, one of which is I needed to come accustomed to a mess, a mess everywhere, there's a mess, the rooms generally in a mess, Um, the kitchen tops where they've made their broikes is generally in a mess, Uh, wherever they've been, there's a mess especially the bathroom is a mess (laughs) and uh, so we've uh, fortunately the place we rent have got three bathrooms so they've got their personal allocated bathroom that we can just close because it's always a mess when and most of you know who've come to visit us we say just go straight down the aisle don't turn left (laughs) it's dangerous there Um, and so a mess I've had to and I, I I have a bit of a Every now and again, some, uh, what's it, is it a neurotic? Uh, or, but I like clean stuff. So I can, I can deal where I work with leather. So that's also a mess, oftentimes, because there's just so much stuff that needs to be packed away. And I don't always get to it. But then the rest of the house, I like clean stuff. I like things in place. I like things that's not in the way. And even if I make a mess, I know where all the stuff are. So don't mess my mess around. No. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so part of God's way to help me grow into a, a more mature Christian and a more spiritual Christian is giving me three boys that make a mess. <laughs> um, and messes are usually, you know, uh, well, there's other parts of mess, uh, that, uh, we generally say, what... You know, what's the mess that you made now? Because there's an accident that took place. You know, a window that broke, or this that got bumped, or that thing. And I, I've had to pay for a number of messes as well with my three boys. That was unintentional, but yet again, something broke. Something of somebody else, you know. And so, messes are oftentimes things that um, happen... And we did not plan for it. It's, it's unintentional. It's something that happens outside of what we planned for, outside of our, uh, what we made room for in some ways. We, uh, it's generally things that was not um, anticipated. And then it needs to be sorted out. I've been reading uh, the Gospels just as kind of my part of Advent as I say, just looking at, you know, the birth of Jesus and different prophecies and so on, it's, it's, it struck me um, as I was reading that Jesus was born into a mess. And, and one morning I was reading, and uh, Christmas, and, and, and these words came up, Christ mess, Christ in our mess. And so that's what we're playing with this morning and, and considering that Jesus comes into the messiness of the world. He comes into mine your mess, into the person next to us mess. Christmas for us is Christ in the mess of the world. And I hope that I kind of redefine Christmas a little bit this morning, that as in this week maybe you're going to be with friends or you're going to be with, Uh, family or maybe you have to work and be alone or so but that in whatever mess you might see or experience that Christ will be in that mess that you will have Christmas a mess is inconvenient a mess is means that something happened that shouldn't have or somebody messed up that shouldn't have a mess can be created by you a mess can be created by somebody else. Some of us get born into a mess. Maybe your family situation was not that good that you're born into, or adoption, or you know, a situation that was messy. Some of us inherit a mess. Some debt or relationships. If you go to certain parts, I quite. Often saw that in in Namibia as well, because there's not so many people. So many people know one another, even if you're far removed in kilometers. But the family somewhere had a feud. And this family doesn't speak to that family anymore because there was a mess. And the children didn't have anything to do with it, but they inherit the mess. And so the families stay apart from one another because of a mess. Uh, We read in the Bible of inherited messes some of us marry into a mess. The family that you marry into, hopefully you didn't marry a mess. Um, But, you know, you marry into a situation and this is not all what you signed up for. You love your spouse, but what comes along with the spouse is a little bit more messy. And uh, many of us are at this stage looking, how are we going to Sail around the mess because we are we are in contact with the mess this holiday season. It's this all the family dynamics and things that you weren't confronted with all year, maybe. And so we cannot ignore, we cannot escape the mess. If you in the world, you're in a mess. Um I mean, if you just consider, what are the messes that you had to kind of deal with just this year, past this year? I think we can all say that um, COVID messed things up, Um, uh, work situations, some of you had had, uh, messes in work situations, maybe because of COVID or because of a colleague, a business deal or a project. Didn't work out as planned. It was a mess. Relationship with a friend or a family member got messed up. Relationship within a community, maybe closer to us, the church. It was a mess. Hopefully it got sorted out or standing over till next year. Close the door. We leave it. <laughs> Financially, You're in a mess, or you are seeing next year price hikes on uh, petrol, diesel, electricity, food stuff, and you're seeing a mess is coming. Maybe you feel like that about yourself. I'm such a mess. We oftentimes say, or somebody said that over you. You know, you're a mess. And we sit with those thoughts in our minds. Um, I sat with a young man about a week and a half ago, and he's in a mess. A number of decisions he made relationally, financially, came to a place where he is down and out, and a family member is connected with Josh Jen in some way and said, he's in Paul, can we just sit together? And he starts telling his story, and I'm like, (laughs) you're in a mess that's this is just and where do we go from here that's usually the question that we ask it's what now when you're in that mess remember as a little boy you know when something happens I had <laughs> we moved quite a bit when I was in primary school and at some stage we lived uh, in Unres next to hermanes by that area for a year and so um, with the contract that my dad had we we rented a house and much of the boxes were still in the garage. I kind of grew up with uh, the first in primary school. There were always boxes in the in the garage because we're going to move soon, you know. The so so and it was the best play area. We had I mean all the superheroes came alive in that garage and we hid in the boxes, jub- built in the boxes. So but now we had this. Uh, Kind of all the boxes had to be moved in such a way so the cars could also get into the garage, you know, and we had this Opel uh, Monza kind of like a greenish Monza and one day one of the beds was still in the garage and Spider-Man was, you know, going from one one uh, uh, kind of building to the next and the and Spider-Man came across the bed and the bed base Started to go and the building was moving and it fell on the, on the front bonnet of the car, like just, and it gave this dent. Spider Man had storm He could know, he was speechless, and he was speechless for five years. My parents believed that some drunk guy at the Piccampae parking area bumped that Opel Monza. Spider Man was speechless. Until late high school, we were having a very informal family gathering. Monza was gone by then or so, and Spider Man spilled the beans. <laughs> but at that stage, I was in a mess, and I said, What now? You don't say anything. <laughs> and so, we, we but we, when we confronted with these messes, we, we have a number of different emotions. Uh, uh, being speechless is one of them, you know, being struck with, you, you're just speechless, you can't believe that you in this situation, maybe overwhelmed, anger or frustration. When I'm confronted with the mess in the house at times, there's frustration, there's, why don't you pick up the... Um, the towels, so why the, why? And, and there's this frustration or anger. We see that when, when a colleague messed up or so, and you've got to pick up the pieces. You've got to deal with it. Hopelessness. Some of you are so overwhelmed that you're just hopeless. You, you can't even deal with it. You don't want to deal with it. It's never going to be cleaned up or sorted out. Disgust. I look down. Oh, what a mess. Disgusting. Especially with people's situations. Maybe shame. And you shame the person or you feel ashamed because of the mess. It's usually sin, when sin was committed. Maybe uh, issue of sexual sin or financial sin or relational shame that comes with that. Disappointment. And so you can, you can, you can see that it's not a good thing to be in a mess. As, we, as all of us have experienced. And it's right in this very kind of life, and this kind of world, that Jesus comes. We messed up, and we need Christ. What's the message that you needed to confront in this year? If you have to think for a moment... As I was mentioning a bunch of things, what came up in your heart, in your mind? Your fault or not your fault? But you are bearing some of the effect of it. Christ wants to be in your mess. Christness. Christ wants to be in your mess. So I'm reading the Gospels, and I'm looking at the birth of Jesus, and I, and I read through John 1, verse 1 to 5. Yes, go if you can. It says, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was, uh, Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. And that made me think, okay, this sounds very much like Genesis. In the beginning, you know, it speaks of in the beginning, darkness, light. Those. So I go to Genesis, Genesis one, verse two, and says, the earth was without void, without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, if you, if you read it in normal, kind of everyday life language, Afrikaans, it says, The aarde was woes and leeg. It was a mess. There was, it wasn't much form. It, some of the, the, the Hebrew words, there, it, it, it speaks of confusion. It speaks of, it's, it's, it's like a mess. And I start seeing this aspect of how Jesus, as John writes about Jesus and he speaks about a new creation. And he uses words that links with when God created in the beginning. John wants to speak about a new creation. Now John doesn't speak much about the birth of Jesus. But then we, we, we read in Luke, and Luke 2, and I'm not going to... Highlight that you can go and look, uh, read there, but it speaks of Jesus, how he was born with Mary. Mary um, in Matthew, you can go and read in Matthew and in Luke. But it says that the Spirit came over Mary. Hovet. And so you've got these three aspects linking Genesis, Aarde was it was Void, and there was darkness, the Holy Spirit hovering over. John, the light, God says, let there be light, but it's the Spirit. Mary, the Holy Spirit comes over, and He creates Christ. And you've got these echoes, these, these, these shadows, almost, these, these things that speaks of creation, but not exactly the same as Genesis. And so the birth of Jesus comes into this place. And what the the writers want to convey is like Jesus comes, the light of the world. He comes into a world that is void, that is confused, that there's darkness. And order needs to come. A kingdom needs to come. Things need to be sorted out. The world is in a mess. How can we get it right? How can we save it? And we save it with a Savior. Jesus is born into a mess. Don't know how many of you have seen the Chosen's uh, Christmas kind of uh, video clip, or they, they recently released that. And it's uh, so nice to see. It's kind of a compilation. There's some singing, and then there's like uh, uh, parts of how they reenact uh, Jesus' birth. But um, how they. Uh, display the, the manger and the, the inn where uh, or the, um, the the stable where he was born and it's it's messy it's car. it's like a garage it's this place you know not everything is there and joseph needs to clean up and needs to to kind of get the dung away and all of that and Jesus is born into physically into a mess almost like a prophetic declaration, like the world is like this. There's not much space for Him. The answer to everything, there's not much space to it. And if you have to consider when you are in a mess, and you're thinking, oh shucks, what do I do, what do I do? There's not much space in your mind for a clear answer. You oftentimes like... You're frantically running around. Maybe you've got a friend that's anxiety, like, oh, everything is. And you've you've got to get that person to a place of calmness or so before they can actually receive an answer. Uh, Many of the um, lifesavers get taught you know, if if there's a person drowning and they're in a place of absolute anxiety and they're frantic, uh, you can smack them. So they're just out, that you can save them, you know. <laughs> because if they don't stop, they'll drown you too. They'll take you down with them. And here we have the lifesaver. Savior of the world. Born into a mess. Ready to save the world. Christ in our mess. He wants to come. And so we ask, what now? Luke 2, verse 25, verse 32 struck me as I read it. And uh, just read with me. It says, now there was a man. Now this is Jesus is born. He's given his name and he needs to be brought to the temple for purification. The custom there. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Now, I need you to consider, we've got a few children, and it was so beautiful for me me to see the children. I was thinking, yes, at some stage, Jesus was like that. You know, the feet that would walk the raging storm was at some stage in little number two. You know, the, the voice that would calm the storm at some stage, was crying like a baby. You know, and it's like, oh Lord, it, it doesn't make sense. It's like so weak, so limited, so human, and yet so much power in God's hand. And this man, Simeon, that was waiting, he had the prophecies of God in his heart, and God spoke to him that he will not die until he sees the answer to the mess, until he sees the Lord's Christ. And here comes a family in, with the little boy. Just going according to the custom, according to the way we do things. Sunday after Sunday, we come to church. Family comes in. They come. They are trying to raise their child in the ways of God. And now is a moment where they need to, he needs to kind of do a few things with them. And this man sees the boy and somehow he perceives he knows the answer the answer to the mess and he goes and he picks him up like we would pick up and this he says Lord now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen the answer to the mess. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And what strikes me is just like Jesus was born, baby in a manger, and it was told to the shepherds that you will find the baby wrapped in cloth. Okay, and that was the sign for them. What, what many of us don't always know is like the, the lamb, a newborn lamb would be wrapped in cloth. They would, they would, uh, the linen, they would use the linen to, and so that's how the, the sign that the shepherds would know. The lamb, God's lamb that was born, he was wrapped in the linen. And here we see the little boy. And it's again, he's wrapped in humanness. In the midst of the people. In the midst of the city of Bethlehem. Town of Bethlehem. Little baby is born. Wrapped. Covered. It's like physical eyes can't click it. It's covered. He's covered. Boy walks in. I mean, how many of you walked into... Uh, this morning and saw the children yeah, and did not really consider the possibility, now depending on the words of prophecy maybe, but did not consider the possibility of maybe a big company led by one of the children or a big action here in Paul, mayor of Paul maybe, or uh, a significant role or, or uh, somebody being saved because of that person, we, we didn't really consider that But by the Spirit, Simeon knows. And this answer to the mess is being prepared in the midst of the people. Prepared in the presence of all peoples. Now my mind jumps up in a million ways again because here I see a pattern that God uses. We jump back. Moses before Moses Joseph Joseph is a great drought God foresees a great drought the people is going to need food Joseph has a dream and he shares his dream <laughs> his dream is not accepted it is not appreciated in the way that he shares and God sows, can I say, sows Joseph through much pain, much anguish, much, you know, d- misunderstanding into a pit, into a house where he's a servant and the woman of the house wants to sleep with him and he gets wrongly accused and he's sown into a jail, prison and he's there for years and he's, he's left alone and it's like a seed being He's, he's uh, dormant until the day that the Pharaoh has a dream of seven years of drought and seven years of goodness, seven years of goodness and seven years of drought. And God releases Joseph, puts him on the map so that he can prepare the way for the people of God, Israelites, to come into Egypt and to be taken care of. For the the duration of the seven bad years. Joseph prepared in the presence of the Egyptians. Presence of the people. Fast forward, Moses gets born. He's also, he's going to be a savior to the people. Where does he get sown into? All the kids, all the baby boys get, get killed. God sows him into Pharaoh's house. And he grows up in the presence of the people. Until he needs to become an answer. Now he has a 40 year, you know, interlude, kind of detour. But he comes back and he is Moses. And he is the answer to the mess that the people of God are in. Slavery. And he leads them out. Joshua comes Joshua walks with Moses he's an apprentice of Moses and he gets sent with Caleb and 10 other spies into Canaan because they are in the desert and God wants them in the promised land and so they go see will it be possible to take and they say yes him and Caleb giants are great but God is greater others say no and the unbelief of the people creates a mess of 40 years of sojourning in the desert, until the 40 years are end, and Joseph, ach, Joseph ach, <laughs> sorry, so my mind's already on holiday. <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> and Joshua is raised, and God says, and I'm now abbreviating a bunch of portions here, but God says, "Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, you will have to lead the people. Be strong and courageous." And Joshua was the man who carried the mess, who was affected by the mess of the people that was created by the people 40 years long. He did not allow unforgiveness to to cause resentment in his heart. And he rises up and he leads the people into the promised land because he was prepared in the midst of the people 40 years. Fast forward and we see this echo of Jesus. And Jesus gets born silently in some way. Silent night. But he gets born and he lives kind of like a silent life. 30 odd years prepared in the midst of the people. And then he launches into his ministry that culminates in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That saves us from the mess. That's the door us coming, that He can come and live in us and we in Him. Christ in our mess. God prepares the answer in our midst. And so what does this have? Uh, What's what's the meaning for us? It's not just a few nice, maybe shadows, and, ooh, I didn't think of it like that. it's, It's like, what I believe that God wants to show us is that the mess that you are confronted with now the mess that the world is confronted with now, the mess that you will be confronted with in times to come, God has already prepared the answer. He's sown the answer into your midst and He's preparing it amongst you, amongst us. Jesus is the answer. But the question is, how does He look like in this? Now, first of all, what you need to know is a mess needs to be sorted out. It needs to be cleaned up. It needs to be faced. And sometimes we just want to close the door behind the mess and say, go. We're not going to deal with it. We don't want to deal with it. We can't deal with it. It's too much. It's too this. It's too that. God wants to deal with the mess. He shows that in Jesus. He says, the world is in a mess. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. He loves. He wants to deal with the mess. He wants to bring order. He wants to cleanse. He wants to heal. He wants to bring it in the right place. Just like he did with the earth when he created it, with Jesus when he sent him in our lives. And so you've got to be willing to face it. To confront it. But then God sends people into our lives. I cannot tell you how often God has dealt with my messes by leading somebody, placing, having placed somebody in my life over a period of time to help me. Either a correction, a prayer of help, maybe a gift to help, a word of encouragement, a presence, just them being part of my... Somehow that person is an answer or those people are an answer to the mess that I find myself in. I was reading, um, finished a book, if you can, you must read Adam, God's Beloved. Um, it's a book by Henry Nouwen. Um, some of you might know Henry Nowen. He was a, pr- a priest... Um, that lived in I think 80, I mean, 80s I 80s 90s still and so but um, great academic he was uh, in Yale gave classes he had huge effect it's incredible he was almost like a if you've seen Patch Adams he was kind of like that that persona he's this nutty professor wild demagogue and but full of life and love and the, it, said, it is said that the Yale classes that he presented was never so full as, as what it was with him. People sat outside, wanted to listen, and, and he just brought Christianity to life to many of those people in an academic and psychological, and all. He could speak their language. And at some stage, somebody invited him to come and. Said Because it was, it was full of turmoil as well and, and inner struggles and so on. And one person said, we think we can give you a home at this large um, home. And it was, a, it was a home or a ministry that, that cared for dis- disabled people. Mentally, physically disabled people. And he got the responsibility to care for this one young man, Adam. Adam was in his 30s, he was pretty much in a wheelchair, could not speak, could not work, you know, help himself. He could move a little bit, but very little that he could give and help himself with. And so this Yale professor came and lived in this, and for two hours in the morning, as part of his routine, he had to help Adam get ready for the day. And then later on in the evening, they would eat together, he would help Adam again, and for years he would do that, that was part of his rhythm. And he says in the beginning, he was, he was kind of, he had some fears as well, because how does he help this person? How does he talk to this person? Because this person can't speak back, and he's just this quiet mess. Uh, but he would continue, and he would feel clumsy. And, you know, I, I don't know how many of you have had tried to help somebody that's sick or so. Sometimes you feel clumsy because you don't know what's going to be, what's the right thing. Especially when our wives give birth the first time. I mean, everything you do is wrong. You're trying to help, but, you know, it's, uh, and, and so we, uh, and he, he continued. And he speaks how this person that he came to help. At some stage he started to relax and he realized he started to befriend Adam. But Adam couldn't really respond, but yet he was there. And slowly but surely Adam started to become like a, a mirror, started to point out his messes. The things that he was uncomfortable with about himself, the things where he wanted. He he found significance in what he achieved, his accomplishments academically. He was traveling worldwide. I mean, he's a renowned teacher. And here's Adam that just accepts him for who he is. He doesn't ask of him any high words, great academic surveys and things like that. Adam is just there with him. And his journey of healing As he cared for Adam. And how his mess got healed. Ah, It was astounding just as I read through it. It's like, this is so powerful. How God can use any situation. And how God wanted to heal Henry. That was broken inside. Was through a seeming mess. In fact, Henry had... Renowned scholars, friends of his, came to him and said, why are you doing this? You are wasting your time. Your, um, your talents and, and, and uh, writings all can be used way better. You can accomplish way more. than." But Henry discovered something of caring for Adam that meant the world to him. And isn't that often how we, with our children, you know, where we confront confronted with, oh, miss, and it's dukkha, and it's this, and it's that, and then. But what this caring and this process of parenting does to your heart, and how it helps you grow up and mature, a friend, friendship, every relationship is an opportunity to heal from our messes. The brokenness of the world. And so God sows people into your life. And this morning I want to ask you to pray this prayer. To be brave. To pray, Lord, how do you want or where is Christ in my mess? Where is Christmas? Where is Christmas for me? And it's not just going to be on the 25th of December. It's going to be for the rest of your life. Where is Christmas for me? Because he or she might just be covered and you haven't seen him or her as part of the answer in your life. Jesus calls the church the body of Christ. Paul writes about it. And he says that how the body of Christ, the church is this buttress of truth to the world. The church is this, this voice, is this, this vulnerable voice, this vulnerable baby in a sense, this, 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 this weak one that doesn't want to fight back, that forgives, that believes the best, that, that, that cares and gets transgressed and gets um, persecuted. This church... God sows this church in the world to heal the world of the mess. That's what we need to hear this morning. God wants to heal your and my mess. Christ is prepared in our midst, in the presence, through people, situations. And He's going to heal you and He's not necessarily going to wait for you until you're completely healed. But He wants that life, that as you experience Him and start to live in Him, that He can sow you into somebody else's mess. And be part of them, part of their lives, until they cry out. Say, so where's Christ? And that you be the one. That's what God has done with us, planting a church here in Paul. There are people in a mess. Next year, they're going to find themselves in a the situation, stuck, not sure what to do, ashamed, frustrated, all of the d- different things that come with a mess. And you've been involved in their lives all along, like a little Christ, ready to be revealed in that moment, that you can point them to Jesus. You can say, Christ is in your mess. Christmas. I have to sidetrack, yeah, we had a a mini Christmas this week because we won't be seeing my um, in-laws over the Christmas time. And, uh, And so we had presents prepared and all of that. But the boys were driving us nuts because they were seeing the presents there and they couldn't touch it. They were seeing the presents there, they couldn't open it. And they were wangling and trying ways how they could just open one present. And, and it was... Later on, we had to tell them, you're going to give us, you're going to pay us when you ask for money, Ach, when you ask to open the presents again. We had... It was terrible. They just wanted to open the presents. And it's that very thing. It's like, and when it, it was... I mean, for them... 25th of December, we had Christmas on the 16th of December. That's, and we obviously going to have some more time again. But that was Christmas Day. And I, it feels to me like, can we have Christmas? Can we celebrate Christ in our mess every day? Because isn't that what we tell ourselves? Is that Christ has come. And even through the, the communion, we say Christ is coming again. In our midst, we're celebrating Him. Christ has come in our, in our mess. And trust God. Trust God that He has sent you. You don't have to ask, Lord, one day use me. God has already placed you in a situation. And maybe He's covered you for yourself too, or almost in a sense. But he's already placed you in a situation where you can be a blessing to somebody. Where you can help somebody in their mess. Where you can point to Him and be an answer. Where you can be the present that's opened up for that person. It's amazing. I've, 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 I mean, I've known it but I've thought of it more and as I read that book of Henry and God's Beloved, and I consider this disabled person that ministered so much to so many people. This whole ministry that started. I mean, he, um, he spoke of a lady, rich lady from New York, that was struggling with depression and so nobody could help her. And they brought her to Adam and Henry said, You must take care of Adam for two days, something like that. After those two days, the lady was healed from a depression. Because she and and something through how God just used Adam in his silence, quietness, in his mess healed this lady. It was God, but it was through a person. Nobody is exempt. From being used by God. as I look at my son's mess and all the different, I think, Lord, what do you want to heal in me? What do you want to touch in me? What do you want to work in me? As I consider inner, as I consider you guys, all of a sudden, there's answers to my mess all around me. Yes, I am sometimes I'm in a mess and I think I. But God has answered me, and if we can try, Lord, where's the answer? Show me. Unravel, or un, 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 un uh, unwrap unwrap it, that I may see the answer to the mess. Mary, at the end of the angel, as the angel spoke to her about a situation that would be very messy, he said, "You're going to have a son." She did not have a husband yet. She has not been with her husband intimately. And she knew this is going to be a messy situation for the family, shameful, all the different things. The angel said, you're going to have a son. You will call him Jesus, Emmanuel. She says, how can this be? I have not been with man. For man, this is impossible. But for God, it is possible. Luke 1 verse 37. And there are certain messes that you are in, that you are foreseeing. I've been thinking, and I'm seeing a few messes ahead. (laughs) I'm like, Lord, how are we going to deal with that? How are we going to work that? And God is just being. He has sown an answer already, just like He sowed Jesus into the world. And Simeon says, my Lord, I've seen the salvation That you have prepared in the presence of the people. May God open our eyes to see the answer. Christ in our mess. Has prepared in the presence of the people. For every single one of your situations. And for Paul. And the wider. Your families. Come let's bow our heads. Now. As we pray, and I, I, I trust God that He's going to minister to your heart now. I want you to realize that the, the messes that Christ in our mess does not excuse or will not necessarily cause us to escape the pain and the anguish or the the frustrations that go with the messes. You look through the Bible. Jesus, the answer and the way that God wanted to resurrect him, he was not excused from the pain of the cross. Joshua was not excused from the the frustration of 40 years of wandering in the desert until the promise came, until the answer came. And and so we can go over and over in the Bible with the people's eyes. God does not excuse us from that, but. He does promise an answer. He does promise a way out. He does promise Christ. And so I want to ask if you can allow God, just in your mind, in your mind's eye, into that situation. maybe there's a room that you've closed in your heart, a relationship, uh, financial decision. family member, just a situation that you don't want to face. And you need to have Christ in that mess, actually. Maybe there's some depression in your heart, and it's messy. You feel like a mess. You've almost closed the door on yourself. and Just ask the Lord into that. Ask Him. You might have asked Him there a few times. You ask Him in again. Some rooms take longer to clean up than other rooms. And I've known, I've, to, I've had to ask God again and again into certain areas of my heart. He says, Lord, come and clean you. Lord, come and show you. Be the answer to this mess. If it's a mess created by you, ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Here I am. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray by your Spirit will you come. By your Spirit into those situations. By your Spirit into those bodies even. Come, Lord. Things that just aren't seem to work out, Lord. Come and show your way. Show your will, Lord. And trust God. Trust God. That His answer is good enough. Simeon noticed Jesus when he was a little boy. And that answer... To the mess. It took 33 years. There's a long answer. <laughs> and so some of the answers to our messes will take longer than others until it's completed. But He will break in and save. I'm going to ask you to believe God that just like He gave. Jesus, silent baby in a manger in a town that was busy, For that God was answering, and it was a silent small like a seed, but He did answer. He will break in and save, and He will be faithful. Just believe Him. Just believe Him. And then I want to ask, we'll definitely spend more time into it in next year. But that you ask God that He will make you an answer to a mess. That He will, he will show you. And that He will give you the courage to be. For some of you, it will just have to be there. Just be in the situation. Just be close to the mess. Just be there. Maybe it's a, it's a friendship, a relationship. Generally it is there. Just, just be close. For many of the situations, Jesus was just close. He was just there. It's amazing for me to think of Jesus' brothers who did not see him as Christ for so many years. Only after he was dead and resurrected and gone did they. One James, the brother of Jesus. Part of the early church. Jesus was with him all along. He did not leave him. stayed his brother. It's an answer. Silent answer. And so some of us just need to be close. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear how you want to answer certain situations. And that you will give us the courage to speak when we need to speak or to be silent when we want to speak But we shouldn't, Lord. But that we will be present, just like you are, Jesus. That we will embody you. That we will be the body of Christ. That we will be like you, Jesus. And be close. And be with. In the mess. We want to thank you this morning that you are Christ in our mess. Lord, I thank you for a great Christmas this year. I thank you, Lord, that Christmas is going to be great because you are in our mess. And you are in our family's messes. And you are in our business messes. You are in our neighborhood's messes. You are in Paul's mess. You are in every mess that there is, Lord. You are ready to save. Because for man it's impossible, but for you it is possible. And we bless you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You want to say
1: Um, I'm finding myself in a mess at this time. <laughs> next to it, and uh, last Sunday after the service, I was in a finding myself in, on slippery ground. So, as you as you look at a mess, you you, f- you point fingers and you find you want answers, and and in that you are slipping, because you you can't see you can't see the say you can't see any way out. So you're slipping, 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 and and it was. At a point where I felt, I want to give up. I don't know what I'm giving up. I just want to give up. I, I, can't, I can't grab. I don't know what, where to grab to. Um, and then I told a friend, I want to give up. And all she said is, you're not going to give up. And in just saying that, it was, I was, no, I'm not going to give up. So in that calling out, just when, reach, just say it to somebody. And the answer is just that simple. Don't give up. And then when I started speaking faith, I realized that if I'm not speaking faith, I'm speaking death. And that doesn't please God. So he wants us to speak faith. So I'm not seeing the end of this mess yet. But I'm seeing in faith that he is moving. So that slip, the the slipping stopped. In that moment, there was a rock under my feet. So as you feel yourself slipping or you see somebody slipping, just speak faith. Speak on behalf of them. Speak faith into their situation and speak faith for them so that they can have something to stand on.
0: That's so good. Don't you want to maybe just pray? Maybe there's a few of you that need prayer. Um, would you be so brave, maybe just say, hey, just, that sounds almost like my situation. Can you pray for me? Let's just quickly pray for that, huh?
1: Yes, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are our rock, that your truth stands through the ages, that you are the Savior, that even when David looked at you and he didn't see the cross, maybe he knew and he saw your salvation. And we know speak your salvation over every mess among us. We speak a life into our hearts. We speak faith into hearts. We speak faith for the ones that are around, that is around the mess, and we speak faith to the ones who are in the mess, caught up, not seeing the light that you are. We praise you that we will, we will see your salvation. We will see your work. We will see the light of day breakthrough into lives around us. We love you, Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. I bless you. have a great day. have a great Christmas in this week and be the blessing that you are. See you.